0: Now, Have you ever wondered about the longest time it rained non-stop? Even an hour of rain could be a big deal if you're hanging out in a dry spot like the Atacama Desert in South America. It can set a record for that place. But in super rainy spots like the Amazon rainforest, having 40 days of rain in a row might not even turn heads. Interestingly, we only have rainfall records where people live and keep track. Many towns and cities skip the whole rain data collection thing. Plus, there are so many places on Earth where nobody lives, like rainforests or the open ocean. So our rainfall knowledge is a bit patchy. Now, if we were to talk about records, Hawaii has a couple. People there have some seriously long rainy days, especially on islands where winds come from the mountains. From 1939 to 40, they recorded 331 days in a row with measurable rainfall. If you're a person who likes to watch the rain at home with a cup of tea, this might sound ideal to you. But we need to see the sun at least occasionally. Getting some sun is good for your body and soul. Obviously, you get vitamin D. Just 5-15 to 15 minutes of sunlight a few times a week can make a real difference. And, uh, have you ever heard the phrase, sunny disposition? Researchers found that people feel down when there's not much sun around. Sunny days make us happier. Sunshine boosts your serotonin, which fights off bad moods. That sunny serotonin isn't just for your mood. It also helps you sleep. And it's also a heart assistant. When the sun hits your skin, your body releases something called nitric oxide, which chills out your blood pressure. Healthy blood pressure means a healthier heart. Now, go tell that to the people who had to go through 881 consecutive days of rain. Yeah, the record was set almost three full years of rain. This happened from 1913 to 1916 in Hononumumaki, Hawaii. It rained like there was no tomorrow, because the region is a tropical rainforest. How do clouds make rain? Well, rain happens when damp air goes up into the sky and gets a bit chilly. As this air cools down, tiny water vapor molecules huddle up, forming super-small droplets that look like a fluffy cloud team. Now, inside these clouds, things get playful. The air moving around can sometimes make these droplets bump into one another and get bigger. Then they can turn into ice crystals high up in the clouds where it's chilly. These little ice buddies get heavy enough to take a tumble down, melting in the rain on the way to the ground. Now, there isn't just one type of rain. Raindrops can come from all kinds of storms. Thunderstorms show up, make a splash, and then they're out. They can dump a ton of rain in no time. Other storms, like winter storms, are more laid-back. They stick around for days and dish out gentle rain or even snow if it's cold enough. Usually, the weather switches between moods. It's nature's way of balancing things out. After stormy weather, the sun comes out, the air dries up, and we get to enjoy some clear skies. But things can get interesting if you're in a place with mountains near the ocean. When moist air hits the mountains, Is forced to climb over them, creating rainfall lasting sometimes for weeks. What if I told you there was a time on Earth when rain fell continuously for 2 million years and completely reshaped the planet's destiny? At the end of the Permian era, around 234 million years ago, I wasn't around then, but I read about it, the Triassic period began, marked by the onset of an extended period of rainfall. This phenomenon is now called the Carnian pluvial event. Well, that's what they decided to call it. Recent studies supported by evidence suggest that it didn't reshape the planet in that sense, and that it was triggered by coal combustion. The rain wasn't continuous either. So we just debunked a myth here. Woohoo! Next, we have columnar jointing. This is the fancy term for groove patterns that form in lava flows, sills, dikes, and other rocky stuff. These lava creations come in all shapes and sizes. Most are seen as straight, parallel columns. Some have curves and varying widths. They can be as high as 1,181 inches. I'll save you the math. It's roughly 98 feet. The columns are formed by pressure and the cooling process. As lava becomes cooler, it shrinks and forms cracks. Once a crack starts, the lava moves around. These cracks expand to the surface of the flow. Water sneaks into the cooling lava, making it chill down fast starting from the surface, leaving its mark in those patterns. Devil's Postpile in California is a must-visit place if you want to see columnar jointing. But hey, they're found all around the world. Let's raise our heads to the sky to see something magical. Fire rainbows, also known as circumhorizontal arcs, look like flames dancing above the clouds. To see these eye-catching arcs, you need a special cloud type called cirrus clouds and the sun at least 58 degrees high in the sky. It's a VIP collaboration between sunlight and clouds. Let's break it down further. Take London, for instance. It's around 51 degrees north. Now, sorry Londoners, no fire rainbows for you. Now we move to deep waters to see underwater crop circles. These are giant circular patterns found in 1995 near the shores of southern Japan. Locals were baffled. They dubbed them mystery circles, as if the ocean had a secret talent for sand art. The mystery was solved in 2011. The unlikely artist turned out to be a tiny puffer fish, just 5 inches long. The researchers found out that males were on a mission, spending a solid 7 to 9 days building their circles by swimming in and out and using their fins to carve valleys into the sandy floor. They decorate the peaks of their creations with bits of shells and corals, turning their sandy canvases into masterpieces. Okay, they don't do it for the sake of art. The curious circles have a purpose — The sandy center of the circle serves as a nest. Male swimming moves mix things up, getting sand particles just where they need to be. When a lady pufferfish swims by, the male twirls and dances, swirling sand around. If she is impressed and thinks he is the one, she lays her eggs in the sandy heart of the circle. There you go, another happy ending. Now let's look at frost flowers. You might have seen thin sheets of ice that look like delicate petals and sometimes pop up from the stems of plants. The ice is about as thick as a credit card. It forms when the weather is cold outside. The soil is damp but not frozen, as well as plant stems. Not all plants produce these frost flowers, and the conditions must be just right. Here's how it happens. The water inside a plant stem gets pulled up from the ground. When it freezes, it expands and cracks the stem vertically. As it hits the chilly air, it turns into ice. As more water gets pulled up through the crack, it keeps pushing out super thin layers of ice. Whether a frost flower looks like a narrow ribbon or a wider one depends on the length of the crack. And the way it curls and shapes itself into these petals is random, or the reason might lie in the difference in friction along the sides of the crack these froth flowers are unique and delicate, and they don't last long. They melt or just disappear quickly. To spot them, keep an eye out for tall grass, especially in places that don't get mowed much. Pay attention to purple ironweed, blackberries, and wing stems.